four score and seven years ago, our nation's forefathers brought forth onto this land a radio show by the name of Restless, and you're listening to it right now. This is Father Joseph Gill, and later on today, you'll be listening to Matt, Angelica, and Lauren whenever they open their mouths and decide to speak. Pip pip. <laughs> so, Here we go. I guess you shouldn't have a British accent if you're doing the uh, Gettysburg Address. So <laughs> I thought you were British there. <laughs> That's literally what I thought. Well, I don't even know what that it's was. Sad. It's okay. I think it was some, somewhere out of uh, Los Angeles, I believe. <laughs> that accent. Today's topic is how to overcome stubborn habitual sins. It's something that we all struggle with, whether it's a big sin, whether a little sin, just a habit of vice, a, something that we wrestle with. And, and maybe we take it to confession week after week and we're just kind of discouraged, like, my goodness, when am I ever going to be free of this sin? How do we get free of that sin? That's what we're going to talk about. So um, I guess we'll start off with, like, you know, what, what advice do you give to somebody that's in that boat? Because I think probably most of us are, that we have some personality flaw, struggle, mm-hmm. vice. What advice do you give to someone who's discouraged and is like, you know, I'm just keep going into the sin over and over? Uh, the, reason, the, the, the advice I would give in a conversation about this, and so I guess right now, because um, we're not in confessions, so. right? Yeah, yeah. Is um, the Lord has allowed this for a reason? You know, there's a th- like a habitual sin. I've always associated that with Saint Paul's thorn in his flesh, mm. and that is there for a reason. The Lord is allowing this habitual sin, and if it's a habitual sin and you know it is, like you've re- you recognize it, you're attempting to overcome it. You know, ideally through the Lord's grace, right? Because that's the only way it's going to happen. But but I would say that. I know in my life, it was a really big turning point when I was like, oh, God's letting this happen. Yeah. This is a thing that that he has allowed to remain in my life, despite the fact that I realize I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I think with St. Paul, we can all say, you know, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. Oh, you know, so, so the will might be like, I want God, but the flesh yeah. or our temperaments is just kind of like, yeah, not. I don't know. What would you say, Angelica? Um, I almost like that, but I, I would add a little bit more to that. So please do. Yeah. So I would, I would also say like, I would kind of just let them know that they do have a part in this Mm -hmm. and, and that they're not struggling with this because it's the Lord's will and that's it. It's, and that the Lord doesn't like uh, wants them to, sorry, that the Lord also wants them to stay there. That's not necessarily a thing. And I think sometimes when you are stuck in that cycle, it's like, it's really easy to get discouraged. And one of the ways that I find like myself discouraged a lot of times is like, oh, the Lord wants me here. And that's, that's a lie. It just, but there's like a lot of truth in it. Right. But the way that it's said to me, if it's said like that, then it's, I overthink. And then I'm like, I'm supposed to be here. So I'm just here. Um, so just add yeah, it's, it's, it's right. That's a great clarification because it's a passive thing. You know what I mean? It's not like the Lord is actively willing for you to sin in this way. He's not asking you to sin. It's just that he's allowing, um, certain well, situations. I, I was talking with, uh, somebody that, um, the other day and they were, they're saying, okay, well, you know, God can turn your test into a testimony and your mess into a message. Hmm. And I think, you know, you talk, you look about some of the saints that struggled with sin a great deal. You know, I think, I love the story of St. Moses the Black. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that. St. Moses the Black, what a great story. Yeah, so he was a, he was this gang leader in Ethiopia in the 400s, late 300s. He was like the most feared guy. He led this gang of 75 men around to, you know, pillage and burn down villages and, and murder and rape and just do everything he could to, 
to terrorize really the whole countryside. And so finally the, uh, the police force was on to him. And so he's like, I got to go hide out. And he figured the best place to hide out would be a monastery. Um, and he'd also heard that they had lots of gold and jewels and chalices and things. So right. like, I'm going to steal those too. You know, so he goes up and bangs on the door of the monastery and, and the abbot opens the door and says, welcome, come in. And he was so taken aback by that. He's like, I, what in the world? I've never had this reaction before. Usually people are cowering in fear. And he had this peace and this joy, this abbot, you know. And, and so Moses came in and just kind of, he's like, tell me more about your lifestyle. Like, what is it lead, leading you to welcome me into this monastery? And so he and the abbot had a long conversation. At the end, uh, Moses came out and said, you guys are dismissed. I'm staying here. I'm going to become a monk like the rest of these guys. So he did become a monk, but he'd struggled a lot. He struggled with his temper. He struggled with lust. And that was his big wrestling. And to the point that uh, after several years, he said, that's it. I'm leaving. I can't become holy like these other monks. You know? and, and he struggled with that habitual sin, even though he was converted. But the wise monk, uh, the wise abbot, took him up to the roof of the monastery. And just as the sun was beginning to crest over the horizon, and he says, look, you know, the, the sky does not light up all at once, but only gradually. In the same way, the light of Christ will shine on you, but just gradually. So be patient with yourself. And he ended up becoming... Um, Himself, he became ordained a priest and started his own monastery with 75 men because he led 75 men into sin. Now he leads 75 men to heaven. Wow. But he wrestled a lot and he almost left the monastery because of that habitual sin. Lauren, you've it's been inspiring. conspicuously silent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's such a great testimony. Um, I don't know. Maybe we're kind of weak if we're so willing to give up because we keep gossiping or, you know, like... Most of us aren't rummaging and pillaging and stealing and, you know, doing all of these horrible things that used to go I haven't pillaged on. in like three or four years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, that, was, that was your habitual sin. That, I pillaged a lot yeah. back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Goodwill, you know. The, yeah. So I don't <laughs> other know. Places. Where else do you pillage? I don't know. I just think um, it, don't make things like a bigger deal than they need to be. It's like, yep, you're a sinner. You're going to choose sin even though you don't want to. Like we're all fallen, but that's okay. I think the part about how this process of converting to Christ and conforming your life to Christ is gradual. It's never going to happen overnight. Even if you have this like miraculous, you know, retreat or experience or right, something where you get really hit hard, like, oh, I just want to follow Christ. It usually fades, right? That's kind of normal. You go back to your old ways, but there's always more opportunities for growth in the spiritual life and it happens over time. So persevere. Keep your eyes on Christ, you know. That reminds me of a quote from St. Jose Maria Escrivá, one of my favorites. He said, conversion is the matter of a moment, sanctification is the matter of a lifetime. Perfect. I thought that was a good quote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, honest truth-telling time. What do you struggle with as a habit? You can be as honest as you want or as not honest as you want. Just don't outright lie because that might be what you struggle with. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Lying. Something I've been trying to improve on is not venting about people to other people mm. because I didn't know that we shouldn't do that. You know, mm. like it's not gossip per se, right? Like if it's something that happens at work that's really frustrating or like I'm wronged by a coworker, you know, of course I would want to tell someone, right? My family or like whoever I live with, like, ah, this was awful today, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I never knew that was a sin for like most of my life. And it's just a common thing to do, whether it's like kids at school or coaches that you've had growing up, you know, like drama in a friend group, right? Like mm -hmm. we like deal with things with people all the time. And so then you go to other people as like a release and like, you know, you can get advice. 
Um, but we're not supposed to do that, right? We're not supposed to speak uncharitably about other people. So now I'm very conscious of it and I'm aware in the moment, which I never was before. It just was like this natural response um, to like a hard day or a difficult situation. So I'm aware right. of it. And, um, you know, I've been told like you can like talk to God about it. Right. So like maybe in the car, just be like, this was so frustrating. Like, yeah, you know, because then it's just out there and I'm like kind of getting that release. And you can talk to a spiritual friend if you're like genuinely asking for advice. OK. About it. But, but it's just the needless talking that we do. Yeah. And I think it's so common. Like, you know, we're so easy to just fall into that kind of discussion. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a besetting sin. You don't even know it's a sin. Yeah. It's you just do it. Sure. I think that, I mean, and I think that the whole concept of besetting, that's like a tangent. I'm not going to go down this road. <laughs> besetting sin? I don't yeah, know it's not, I heard it in class once that it's like the besetting sin of the United States of America is lust. The, like the like, whole of our culture doesn't even realize how bad uh, what they're doing yeah, is. Yeah, they don't know what's wrong. You know what I mean? It's like we don't, we've totally lost our conscience on this mm. uh, topic. That's certainly uh, true. Yeah. And so I don't, I couldn't define the word besetting for you. It's just the term that was, mm. you know use yeah that's interesting yeah could you define habitual sin we start off that sin that you do over and over again but like and then also practicals like practically speaking what what are some examples it's just listing them off listing them off i mean certainly some of the most popular ones are um you know as you mentioned sins of lust you know yeah. some people with uh pornography or other other lustful sins where where you know it's wrong you want to stop and you don't feel like you can um but other people have like a temper Maybe yeah. an anger problem. and It's basically a sin that you don't like set out to commit. And I think there's a good distinction in Catholic theology between a sin of weakness and a sin, a sin of malice. You know? mm-hmm. You're not maliciously doing it. It's just you're weak. And it kind of overcomes you so quickly you don't even realize that you're doing it or that you're, you're led in that direction. Yeah. Like gossip is another common one. Saying God's name in vain. Oh, saying God's name in vain, yeah. It's, yeah, that's got to be. Good Christians struggle with that. Yeah. I can I can personally say that my 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 habitual sin uh, is certainly lust. Yeah, I can definitely uh, say that my the habitual sin that I have struggled with the most in the past. I mean, for years, you know, since childhood, was lust related in in unfortunately all forms. I bet you know? most men. Would struggle with that, and many many women too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I I can tell you that like, I can tell you that the the first times I was falling into sins of this kind, I didn't know they were sins, and for a really long time it was it was so like Saint Thomas talks about the virtue of habit, right? That you want you want to build virtuous habits, and so I had built terrible habits for a really long time, not realizing for the first two three years how terrible it was. You know, uh, and so the thorn in the flesh for me was was so difficult because I had reached a point where I I mean this was this was years after conversion that I was like I was like yeah I got, I got this and 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 in a huge part I think the Lord was kind of telling me to depend on Him because the se- I don't know about the second I did but you know what I mean I mean I'm sure it was but I didn't journal it you know <laughs> but do you know what I mean like like that was a huge turning point it was it was almost like a second conversion in the sense that like i realized i couldn't do this by myself Mm. regardless of the fact of how much i wanted it you know but 
I, hopefully that's helpful in clarifying. Um, yeah, what is it? Well, well yeah, yeah, what it is. It's like a personal example. Yeah. Any personal examples from you, Angelica? Yeah, so something um, Lauren said earlier, she was talking about weaknesses, and then again, you brought it up. Um, yeah, I struggled for a long... I don't remember when it started, quite honestly. I was thinking about this, and I couldn't put a clear date on, or even year on it, but I struggled with porno- watching pornography for quite a while. Um, and so w- when Lauren was saying, like, we're, like, so weak, like, heck yeah, we're so weak. And, and I think that what it became was a, a huge, like, uh, it's, it's, it's like a, a whole journey with the Lord from, um, right. Experiencing my weakness and like not knowing that this weakness is actually really beautiful and like the Lord can do so much with it to like recognizing my weaknesses as my greatest strength, because that's where the Lord can enter into the most. And I'm not like, no, Lord, I've I've got it right, um, and it's changed everything. I mean, it it right the sin changed everything without me fully realizing like how much it changed falling into that yeah. that yeah. Um, the habit of it and and not knowing right um, to knowing to uh, like I don't know I feel like for a few years I I was like sleeping. Mm. Um, it's an odd thing to like say, because obviously I wasn't physically sleeping, but I felt like <laughs> I was, it was like Just going through the motions. Yeah. Going day. through the motions. And I think a huge part of it was that. And, and I think a, a big reason that I can't remember a lot from my past is because, because of that sin. And I think it, it did steal a lot of time, but, um, yeah, the little girl arise in, in scripture when he says little girl arise, I felt like. That that that's me. So when the Lord like woke me up to to the sin, I feel like He was like, "Little girl, rise!" And like your life after you've been dead for so long, or or like to like a certain extent, or like just going through the motions, right? Um. So hmm. I don't know. Habitual sin's like the greatest like like love story back to the Lord. Once you've you've you're like looking back on it in the in the time, it's not right? It doesn't feel like it, but it is the greatest love story and like the greatest, one of the greatest ways that I've experienced the Lord's pursuit of my heart and um, back to him and like the the constant pursuit of my heart. Um, mm. So yeah, I can, I can, I mean, that's, that embodied so much of my life from like, I don't know, it's, it's crazy to say, but I think that I started watching pornography late. Like I, I was in high school and, and I, I was bullied into it. Uh, like dis- I distinctly ha- remember having a memory. That's what a <laughs> that's what a memory a is. <laughs> uh, I distinctly remember being in the cafeteria in high school and a table of boys scoffing at me for having not seen it yet. Really? Yeah. And you went to a Catholic high school. And too. I went to a Catholic high school. Oof. But that's Oof. that's not you know. But like, it's just sad. I totally I totally know where you're coming from. And like it was when I did come back to the Lord. Because it was the reason that I left. Sins of the flesh were the reason that I left the church, 100%. Because mm. uh, I like, I was like, I don't want to give this up, you know? But like, it, the, the, the process, you were talking, all I kept thinking was like the process of being nursed back to health has been so painful. Mm. Medi- and, medicine usually is. Right. 
Right. And, surgery. and, and I know in the future we're going to talk about like what I believe the, the next, one of the next topics we're going to talk about is like the reason for suffering. What is it? Uh, yeah. Why the struggle is necessary. Why the struggle is yeah. necessary. And suppose, I suppose maybe this belongs in that episode, but, uh, and that honestly, it's something that's been on my heart the last like two, three weeks looking back at this portion of my life, uh, and all the different ways that I've, I've, uh, and reasons why I fell into that sin for, for so long for so long but i hear in in your testimonies and both of the thank you thank you very much for your honesty you know it's, that's very vulnerable you know to kind of put that out there but i hear a lot of notes of hope you know that you can see look back and see where god was moving and you say you know you talk about the uh, god pursuing your heart angelica and matt you kind of talk about both mercy and humility yeah i mean um not not for me to keep speaking i don't know if you want to go but i i certainly have um it's been something that I didn't, it's almost like I see how the Lord is showing me his love by bringing me back from this. I'm, I've got, I've got very deep wounds that, that, uh, I didn't acknowledge for a long time and, uh, have been, have been brought back into my life in particular because I'm getting married. Mm. And so all of a sudden these things are, uh, meaning like like the the sexual sins of my past and even the sexual wounds of my past are are on full display because soon you're gonna you know, be man and wife I'm gonna be yeah you know and so it's like whoa whoa I gotta like I gotta deal with this it's actually two months from today yeah yeah wow. 61 days not that anybody's <laughs> counting um I am I think Renee is too so we that's noticed. good yeah. um but so it's 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 been on my heart because I've I've realized like like I covered up the pain of this for so long for years years decades mm. you know what I mean like mm-hmm. so I don't know so why does God allow us to struggle with it then you know because especially you know if people who turn to Christ they think like okay there's going to be freedom right Christ offers us freedom and then we find we're still in our chains we're still in bondage like did our, is our did our conversion not work? Is Christ right. not that powerful? Like, is that that I know shook my faith? You know, like, okay, Lord, I'm I'm yours, but why am I still struggling with this? Because, the, like, the Lord says things in its truth, right? But when I say to the Lord, I'm yours, I may I, right now I'm saying it, Lord, I'm yours, but I'm those are my words, and and I, I hope that like I give Him fully like myself fully to him but the truth is i i can't and i can't do that i can't like do everything that the lord asked me just because i want to do it but because i i turn to him and he allows me to do it and he gives me the grace to do these things um and desires to do these things so i can't right i can't do anything by my own will mm. um so also your question was why is it why does he let us? Yeah. Why does he allow us? Like, is Christ not more not powerful enough to free us? Or yeah, I think well, of course he is, but but we're it's the struggle. Why why the struggle? We choose we choose it, right? And also, we're not in heaven. Mm. Um, we can't expect a, a perfect world and a perfect life without being in heaven. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. I think I think just recognizing like there is going to be sin, and then like the Lord comes to save us every time. Um, is it is enough for for that struggle and facing that yeah 
Yeah, I'm, uh, I think go, yeah. that um, it also relates to how we have good desires, right? Like a lot of times the sins of lust are really that we want to be loved truly for who we mm -hmm. are, right? Deep down, accepted. And this is why, you know, the church has taught that we are supposed to save ourselves for that one person who's going to love us truly, deeply, forever, despite all our faults and commit to us for life. This is what we're made for. And everyone can recognize that that is good. But we doubt it, right? Because we um, distrust God, I think, because of the fall. So we constantly have to overcome that and the fear. And, you know, probably that inner voice that's like, well, I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be I'm able to find what I want. This isn't out for me. Like things like that that you may not even know you have, but instead it's manifested through all these different things, right? Like the casual hookup culture mm -hmm. is just everywhere, right? It's so prevalent. And I would bet most people have no sense of like their true desires. And, mm -hmm. and now it's just so culturally accepted, you know, like meet someone from an app. Oftentimes people hook up like the first day that they meet. It, there's, it's just such a loss of who we are, you know, and like what we're made for. Um, but, you know, I think, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head and said that, uh, I mean, all sin, whether it's lust or whether it is gossip or any any habitual sin, comes from the desire for happiness and desire for love, and we just pursue it in the wrong way. Yeah, and there's a psychological root, right, to everything that we do. So you can dive down deep. Is it like, do I not feel accepted by my friend group? Again, you may not know it, or do I just like using people to make other people laugh? You know, that's mm. something that I do. Sure. I love to make people laugh, but if I'm doing it at other people's expense, I shouldn't be doing it. You know, and then it's yeah. really hard because it's unless like, it's Matt. <laughs> those are fun conversations, right. but I mean, Matt's desire is obviously so good, and I don't know. It's um so exciting that you're getting married so soon, and I would just say too that the devil knows all our weaknesses so well, and so you've overcome all these sins, but he he'll always know how to get in there. Oh yeah, pry at them and bring them back. Oh yeah, and and the thing is like. Again, recently, have, with it on my mind, I'm realizing like the sin, the sins, and the wounds change the way that I see myself. It changes the way I see Renee, and it ultimately changed the way I see God. Mm. You know, like in 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 easily the biggest way. You know what I mean? So I I have realized thinking back on like, well, why, you know, why was this habitual sin a part of my life? It's, it's almost like, yes, the free will thing for sure. Like I really, I really do believe that, but, and I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time articulating it. It's like, it's almost like it was just the, re the repercussion of my, of my wound. And the wound is a sign that something is amiss with my image of God. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Sure. So it's like, at the same time, I think that, you know, there's, people often forget that there are much worse sins than lust, much worse sins than gossip. And the greatest oh, yeah. sin really is spiritual pride. Oh, yeah. And so I think God sometimes allows us to really struggle so that we can get rid of that sin. He'd rather have us struggle with lust than spiritual pride. Because spiritual pride says, I don't need God to be saved. I can do it on my own. Right. You know, I'm good enough. Lust like the lowest level. Yeah. Like That's what Dante said, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Traditionally. So it's the, the least of all, yeah, bad, least bad of all the mortal sins. Still a mortal sin. Please don't, right. don't get me wrong. Yeah. But. yeah. 
least bad mortal. Yeah, <laughs> mortals. What, but. Like, what that says to me, though, is like, man, we are so weak. So many people fall to that one. It's like the lowest rung sin yeah. that so many people <laughs> struggle with. But hopefully that also means it's easier to overcome maybe than people think it is. I think it's easier for God to have mercy on. Yeah. Intellectual sins are harder. Pride, arrogance, a- anger, hatred. Those sins are tough, kind of tougher to root out because we, because a lot of times we, we feel justified in them. But so here's a question for you then. So, I mean, it sounds like, you know, Matt and Angelica, you know, you've shared some, some real deep stuff, but it sounds like God has freed you in a large degree. I mean, we're never completely free of our sin. We always have to be vigilant yeah. that we could fall back into it. But, but what were your techniques? Because I, mean, I know there's some listeners out there who are like, I am so struggling with lust. I'm so struggling with this, with that, you know, and they're, they're wondering like, well, how do I get free? How did you find that freedom? Uh, a huge piece of it for me was the rosary, a gigantic piece of it. I ran to Mary, and she helped me. Um, I I would, like, go to sleep holding one. Uh, I, if, if, um, if I was staying in one place and I knew Renee was staying over, I would put a rosary on the door. Mm. So I, like, wouldn't, like, just get up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I. Yeah, the rosary yeah. is a particularly powerful one. I well, it was. Definitely. I read once that I, it's Saint Louis de Montfort has has right the power of the rosary. Is I think that's what it's called. It's a book. Sounds about right. Yeah, I mean he's got so many of them, but I'm sure that's one of them. <laughs> and they're all good. And and in this book he talks about the power of just holding it. Mm. It's like and holding I, Our Lady's hand. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I kind of viewed it as a shield. You know. It was like I would I would just hold it even if I could because I couldn't fall asleep while saying it. I know that's weird because most people like that's like a thing, right? You, it's like oh I can't say the rosary at night because I'll fall asleep while saying it. Like people do that. Right, yeah. I know people that mm-hmm. that say the rosary to go to sleep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I like. Which all of our listeners, please know, your guardian angel does not finish your rosary for you. Okay, <laughs> that is not a thing. Right, right. right. It's a cop out. I've definitely thought that. <laughs> so I do it on the way to work, and then sometimes I don't finish it. And I'm like, I can finish it later. I'm like, it's good. Guardian Angel, you take over. <laughs> right. No. Okay. You have a 40-minute drive. I'm, I know, but you I listen rosary. to the gospel first. Oh, oh okay. Oh, that's fair. Okay. That's fair. Look at me. No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> There's that spiritual pride we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's oh, so gosh. funny. What about you, Angelica? Uh, to come about it? Come yeah, how'd you find the freedom? Um. Oh, Confession. I, I started going to confession every Saturday Amen. afternoon or evening or something, and there was adoration going on um, at about the same time. And so I was going to confession to, like, get rid of the sin, right, so I can go to Mass the next day mm-hmm. and receive communion. Horrible, but also really good because, you know, little steps, baby steps, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't realize, like, at that same time, the Lord was – like, hey, I'm actually like right here, right. He he was present, um, right on that altar, and I was passing him every time to go to confession because we had to. I had to go over um, or pass him, um, and then I was so I was going weekly, and um, yeah, this this wonderful priest, the same priest. So I was always confessing the same same priest, and he, I don't know, the day, that day maybe he was a little frustrated. Or he was just like, come on, girl. And um, he was like, well, do you want to stop? And I'm like thinking to myself, like, yeah, 
like why he just like he didn't yell at me or anything but he, he was a little bit more stern like a, a good father right mm. um and of course he recognized my voice he knew who i was um and and he said to me um do you, like do you want to stop and i was like yes and i think that was like the first time i i said it out loud to another person other than like forgive me father for i have sinned right um and then he gave me he, he left he was like wait right here so i was in in the church and waiting for this priest to come back and he came back with the chaplet of saint michael so and and so i started praying it every single day and i didn't realize right our lady is she's so sweet and like she's like in everything but i feel like a lot of times we don't recognize it so it wasn't until recently that i was like the title of like queen of angels or something like that mm-hmm. is our lady so i felt very um consoled by um just just the fact that the lord has all these different angel types protecting us and like what they do and and, and so you would pray the 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 chaplet and then ask for their help and and for a specific thing um so i think routine right so praying praying the rosary whatever it is that the lord's putting in front of you and he's like, hey, just like baby steps, let's do this and continue to do this every day to kind of write. It was the 75 men that black Moses, you said? Moses the black, yeah. Moses the black, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, brought into sin, like he brought into heaven. So 75 um, men into heaven. And and I think likewise, it's it's kind of like, all right, if I was doing this thing every single day, watching this thing every single day, now I'm just going to start replacing it with doing this other thing every day that actually will help me like see clearly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would add one thing as a priest hearing confessions, you know, I do hear a lot of people that have pretty consistent habitual sins. And I would say you sometimes also have to make very practical changes in your life. You know, yeah. if people are struggling with porn, put a filter on your computer, put a yeah. filter on your smartphone, get rid of your smartphone if you can. You know, I mean, there's yeah. really like Jesus was pretty clear. Like if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. I'm not talking about like amputation. I'm talking mm-hmm. about like be radical and getting rid of, the things, whether it's, a, you know, maybe a friendship that you always get drunk every time you go over the house. No, okay, get rid of that friendship. You know, I mean, is your soul worth it? It is. Yeah. And it's, it's worth losing everything to possess that one great prize of Christ. And yeah. So, so along with the prayer, there has to be, you know, I think it was um, Matthew Kelly who said, our lives change when our habits change. Yeah. You know, so, so we have to find, you know, if, if you always, I don't know, you know, gossip to the same person, stop you know that person I, right. I had a priest tell me once that the the he he had this whole series with the men's group he was leading of like military strategies for certain sins and for lust it was outflank so like like uh is that the right term maybe it's not i've no idea maybe it's, i don't know maybe it's just flank i don't know but it's <laughs> it's basically like like you go around it yeah it was my understanding you you don't fight Right with, with lust, you don't even because it's it's like it's such a passionate, you know. As Shakespeare said, the strongest oaths are as straw compared to the fire in the blood. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed, but don't give up. So if, and we're uh, wrapping up because we ran out of time. But here's the deal: if you do struggle with habitual sin, which all of us do, whether it's a big sin, like mortal sin, or whether it's a you know a kind of a smaller venial sin, nevertheless, don't give up. Turn to our Lord, turn to our Lady in times of temptation and in regular times because the only thing stronger than our sin is love. When we love God more than we love our sin, we will be free of our sin. Persevere. God is trying to teach you something through it, especially the gift of humility, recognizing that we can't do anything without Him. And make whatever changes you need to make 
to keep your life on the straight and narrow because it's worth it. And Christ did promise freedom, not immediately, but through a lot of sometimes hard effort and cooperation on our part, his grace will win. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, which is uh, 1350 AM. It's also on FM as well. Tune in next time to Restless.